Well, welcome once again. This is the number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver and this is the website to go to while you're listening to The Real Money Show, which is guildhallwealth.com. And I will remind you, if during the show you'd like to sign up for a free investment package or you'd like to get our Precious Metals Advisor, a standard weekly newsletter that comes out complimentary to you to take a test drive and hear what we have to say about the precious metals markets, I will remind you that it is absolutely free, and we're happy to do that for our listeners. Again, this is The Real Money Show, and this week it's Jeremy and I doing the show. And uh, Jeremy, if you're listening and you're new to this show, is the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management, and I am the Senior Analyst and Vice President of Sales. And of course, what a great week it's been, Jeremy. We've had a tremendous a change, uptick, if you will, in the position of both gold and silver so far over the last month. We've been trading in new ranges over the last couple of weeks. We've seen buying upticks in both gold and silver. We've seen both uh, gold and silver perform very well and hold in there and on your price pullbacks, which is very important in a bull market. And again, now we're starting to see a stream of steady people come in and start to think about year-end, start to think about registered accounts. So all those things happening at once at Guildhall makes for a very busy week. Yeah, and all of the experts, or I should say many of the experts in the gold field, uh, specifically David Morgan, who we've had on the show, uh, is a, a major silver expert, written, um, writes a weekly column and does uh, also written some books on precious metals, um, is made it very clear that he's he has called the bottom in the market um, going back a couple years now, but uh, that everyone seems to be confirming that this is the breakout. In fact, uh, I was watching an interview today with uh, Max Kaiser and Michael Pento um, of Pento Portfolio and Pento.com, and they were both saying, look, we're always talking about this breakout that could potentially happen in precious metals because we've been consolidating for the last several years after a major run-up that culminated in 2011. We had a major run-up from essentially 2001 all the way through to 2011, so a 10-year run-up in precious metals, uh, which culminated in a massive gains in 2011, and we started consolidating from those gains over the last several years. And they were asking, is this it? Is this the breakout? And they both agreed that this definitely appears to be the breakout that we've been waiting for in the market. And that seems to make sense. Gold did get above $1,300. It's been staying above $1,300. Last week, we did say that we could see a little bit of weakness in the market uh, this week as we're taping the show, which we did get. Silver did come down from a little over $18 down to about $1,775. No big deal. Uh, US, uh, US dollar got a little stronger. So uh, it's about the same price as it was last week if you're looking to acquire it. But people are getting involved in the market. We are seeing an uptick in uh, acquisitions, and that's great to see because you want to get into the market before the storm. You want to be prepared. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com is the website to get to. And I will remind everybody that we have been doing this for a long time. In fact, we've been on air here at the Chorus Radio Network with AM640 since about 2008. And of course, in that time, we've always maintained that we are not your financial advisors. We're not your financial planners. Leave that up to the people you trust the most. This is just one aspect of portfolio diversification that can help you to protect your wealth and ensure your wealth. And again, what an interesting time it has been, Jeremy, because that big gap that we had between 2011 and let's say tail end of last year around November, where analysts will mostly agree the markets and the tide changed to present 
what we believe is the next bull leg of this market up is certainly culminating with an immense amount of analysis, feedback. You're getting tremendously popular people within the realm of precious metals talking about the metals industry as a whole. And of course, Guild Hall, who's been there since day one, we always say, don't take our advice as the sole, sole voice of reason. Listen to other people. And you mentioned David Morgan, who we've had on the show several times, fantastic analyst. But this week we had an article from a, a noteworthy analyst and a person who has been an advocate for gold, who started and got his legs in the industry with uh, the Rich Man, uh, Poor Man series, Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. Uh, and of course, if people are familiar with that, they'll know the name Mike Maloney. Yeah, and just before we get in, into that, you know, um, speaking of, of David Morgan, we are seeing people within the industry, but also those outside the industry. Last week, we talked about um, the fact that uh, the head of Goldman Sachs Commodities Division was talking about gold being the currency of last resort, and more and more people are starting to move towards gold and see it as uh, the, the next option. The stock market's been moving very high for a long time. The whole system's getting a lot more complex. Real estate's gone up. Then there's the idea of inflation, the fact that uh, we're seeing uh, negative rates when it comes to inflation. And what I mean by that is, you know, a 2% uh, inflation rate from the government saying so, but uh, if inflation's actually at 3%, you're getting a negative 1% yield. Governments around the world are starting to issue negative bonds as well. So the ability to just own gold, even store it for 1%, is becoming a likely scenario for people that say, well, why why wouldn't I just pay to own gold for 1% rather than I'm going to lose that 1% anyway? But Mike Maloney's been great. What what I His videos are fantastic. He does a great job of just simplifying the reasons to be involved in this market. Well, again, this is something that we follow quite frequently, but if you're new to this market and you're thinking of getting into the market, whether you want home delivery, whether you want to put it in store it with Guildhall, whether you want a registered account to get some gold or silver into a TFSA, an RSP for your wife, for your spouse, for you, yourself, whether you want to set up something for the kids, an RESP, these are all great opportunities for you to hold gold and silver. And now, of course, we also offer the allocated financing accounts, which are uh, tradable online, they have dashboards, you have tools available to you, but there are a few very special traits about the way we do things versus everybody else, Jeremy. And one of those things is that our product is allocated, it's segregated from all holdings of other clients. So you get your client marked, your product marked for you specifically as a client, and you get your bar numbers, whether you want to visit it with your family, with your uh, friends or with your wife, whether your husband wants to go and see it, it's all tangible. It can be touched and seen. And that's the only way we recommend holding gold and silver. Yeah. We haven't seen a, a party uh, yet of friends come to look at someone's precious metals, but we've certainly seen people go in and take photos and and I'm you know, encouraging do some, it. I'm encouraging yeah, it. do some posts to Instagram. But you know, look at the end of the day, what we say here at the show and at Guildhall is, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And so all of the investments that we offer at Guildhall are all physical allocated, meaning that you absolutely have the opportunity to hold your own physical precious metal. And that's the key. If you're going to own precious metals, the idea is that you're doing this as a way to have zero counterparty risk to avoid uh, some of the risks that are in the financial system. If you're seeing bubbles, if you believe that they're bubbles, then holding physical precious metals is a great way to safeguard your wealth. It's been that way 
for thousands of years. And even in the last 15 years, for example, gold in Canadian dollars has averaged uh, just under 10% a year. So it's definitely been beating inflation. It's only had three down years out of those 15 years, two of which were under 2%. So if you're comparing dollar for dollar on how gold's performed in Canadian dollars versus, let's say, your your stock portfolio or your GICs or whatever it, whatever other aspects that you're holding that you consider the conservative aspect of your portfolio, you should definitely be considering taking a look at gold and how its performance has been long term. And what we're talking about, and this is where we flip the flip the switch on this is that gold's performance of 10% just under 10% in Canadian dollars over the last 15 years is not a reflection of how well gold has done it's actually a reflection of the fact that the Canadian dollar has lost value against a basket of currencies and it's not just the Canadian dollar this is a similar event in all currencies all currencies are losing their value, and as a result, the price of gold in all of those currencies is rising. So when did Noah build the ark? Before the storm. You want to get into this market before it's too late, before you see the mania. Just talking about David Morgan, then we'll get to Mike Maloney. He was talking about the fact that the biggest moves in this market are going to happen in the last 10% of this market. So, just like the 70s. Just like Same the thing. 70s. And at that point as well, he was talking about recently saying that Gold hit 850, but its actual fair value during that run-up was around 450, and the market overshot it. Overshot because it's such a small market that when it gets crowded, when people get involved in the market, when those hedge funds move from, you know, uh, Apple and Amazon and take their profits and start moving into precious metals, it's it's going to create quite a a bottleneck in this market which is going to which is going to propel it much much higher. So we want to be in this market before before supply sides are really tight, before the prices really start moving, before you have to wait for your product. Again, you want to you want to build the ark before the storm. 18778silverguildhallwealth.com is the website. Again, mentioning Mike Maloney, this is a name that is synonymous with gold and silver, and he has talked the world over about the products, and uh, sometimes at nausea, but he's been part of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. He's had a lot of fun with this, and again, he's been very successful. So what we're going to do here is we're going to tee this up by just talking about this article a little bit for a couple of seconds, and then we'll maybe go to the 10th reason why he owns gold and silver and then we'll share a bit more of that in the second segment. But Mike Maloney did this article. He actually did it in video format, so they transcribed it here at GoldSeek. And it is called, Mike Maloney, The Top 10 Reasons I Own Gold and Silver. And he says in the first, uh, in the paragraph, the article says, when the average investor thinks about gold, they may view it as an inflation hedge or maybe a crisis insurance or perhaps solely as a portfolio diversifier. These are all good reasons to own gold, but those are always good reasons to buy precious metals. Mike Maloney's reasons to own gold and silver at this point in history are very different than what passes as standard arguments. Now, I'll go to number 10 before we go to break. He says his 10th reason for owning gold and silver is that all fiat currencies eventually go to zero and all currencies today are fiat. And what he means by that is that there is no longer a currency in the world that is backed by anything except for the confidence of the people that live in that country and use that currency. No longer do we have a place in the world where gold backs a currency, meaning that everything is just paper, there's nothing backing it, and they can print as much as they want. Nothing but confidence is what backs that paper. 
Well, fiat currency system again is is by decree. It's a paper paper money by decree. Everyone agrees to use it or they're forced to use it. And at the end of the day, while we go to break, consider this. If you had a printing press in your backyard, would you use it? Would you buy as much as you possibly could with it? And would you try to hide what what you were doing on the other side? We've seen The Wizard of Oz. We know that there's just a curtain behind uh, that separates the wizard from everybody else. And that's what fiat currencies are. When the emperor, When people realize that the emperor has no clothes... Where does confidence go from there? And at the end of the day, there is a de facto gold standard, which is whether or not you're forced to use a fiat currency, you will hold gold against the fact that those currencies are being devalued. So while no country in the world right now has a gold standard, there is a de facto gold standard. That's why it's risen from you know, $200 an ounce to $1,300 an ounce today over the last uh, 15 years. But ultimately, the, the the entity that does decide to back its currency with gold, if that's the case, uh, they're going to have a lot of confidence in that currency, just like the United States did when they had the gold-backed currency uh, in the 30s and 40s. All right. I know where confidence goes. It goes right into gold. That's where it goes. More of the Mike Maloney article when we come back in the second segment. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. Remember, home delivery, depository, registered accounts, and allocated financing – Every which way you can think of owning gold and silver, we've got you covered there. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. Again with me today, Jeremy Wiseman is in the studio. We are taping this show live on Thursday and, of course, bring it to you on the weekend on the Chorus Radio Network. We talked in the first segment, Jeremy, about many things happening this past couple of weeks, one of which was the interesting information coming out of the markets regarding gold and silver and how that's impacting the price. We're in a new price range for both metals. Certainly lots of opportunity left for people who are buying and who want to uh, do some buying. And of course, we think that there's big things to come in this marketplace. So of course, we introduced an article that was a video series actually done on YouTube by Mike Maloney. And of course, if you don't know Mike Maloney, look him up. I suggest you highly do that on Google. Type in the name Mike Maloney. You're going to find amazing things about this gentleman, but he is extremely bullish. I warn you, he has a bias. He loves gold and silver. In the first segment, we talked about the 10th reason why Mike Maloney owns gold and silver, which was that all fiat currencies eventually go to zero. And whether you knew it or not, Since the year 1500, which is around the time that they have actual tracking mechanisms of currencies, uh, there's been about 617 fiat currencies that have become worthless, which is pretty much uh, 98% of all currencies. So that's gives you some inkling as to how much goes to zero worth eventually. And we're in a storm right now, and we're way overdue for a switch in the monetary system. So we'll go to, go ahead, Jer. Well, I was going to say, it's interesting that there's been close to 700 fiat currencies in the world since 1500. And I think within the last year, cryptocurrencies have surpassed that. No doubt. <laughs> There's been more cryptocurrencies Jeez, than fiat currencies it's ridiculous. in just in less than a year. 
but uh, but yeah, none of those fiat currencies last. Well, this article says Mike owns physical gold and silver because they are money, and every fiat currency or paper money today is not. Number nine, he says, is the oh, current. Ju- just before we go on, did it? Does he mention how the average length of time those fiat currencies last? He is during this okay. article. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Number nine, the current state of the global economy, and he references the ideas that this, these are very big macroeconomic things that are happening in the in the big picture of world economic problems, and he cites debt, deficit spending, derivatives, trade imbalances all at levels that are unprecedented in all of history. And of course, we have talked at length about being guinea pigs in the world's largest science experiment. And the middle class is paying for that science experiment because for the first time in, in since we've been alive, Jeremy, the middle class is actually losing wealth. They're actually starting to decrease their overall piece of the pie while the upper class, the 1% to the 3 or 4%, they're getting the biggest slice of the pie. And that's a change in the way things were post-war, post-World War II. So again, he's saying that's going to bring about huge amounts of worldwide debt and these derivatives, which are bets on bets on bets on bets, whether in the housing market, stock market, whether in the bond markets all over the world, are now $1.2 quadrillion. I can remember when we used to talk about that in trillions, and we used to think it was huge. Now it's $1.2 quadrillion. This is a bubble waiting to burst all over the world, not just in North America or Europe. Yeah, I think the world debt right now, if I'm not mistaken, is around $70 trillion. Um One of the interesting aspects that actually Mike Maloney talked about in his book on investing in silver and gold, he makes the note that uh, where the depression actually changed wasn't the fact that the government was was, uh, printing money and trying to get people back to work, but it was actually when people had finally paid off all their debts, that's when things changed. So the idea of a savings account, for instance, savings is what generates capital, which creates uh, GDP and creates growth in an economy, not spending money, saving money and gaining interest. So the fact that everyone's indebted is a big problem. And and in fact, I was mentioning in the first segment that interview with Pento and Kaiser, and uh, Pento was making the point that, you know, the Fed's putting in, um, you know, 15 billion a month into the market. And the banks aren't lending that out because people aren't getting loans. They're paying off their own debts, not taking on more loans. So these banks, what are they doing with the money? Well, they're putting it into treasuries and they're putting it into the stock market. And you wonder why the stock market's going up. And then when the Fed threatens to pull that that money off the table, what happens? They freak out. Everyone gets scared and the market starts to fall. So when they're worried about not, when the banks are worried about not getting their fix, uh, the the Fed has to then keep doing what they've been doing. So you know this Fed's this this cycle of debt is definitely helping the the one percenters. But as we've seen in precious metals, especially in 1980, there was a massive transfer of wealth, and I suspect that that's going to happen again in precious metals as those people lose all of their wealth on paper, and people who have positioned themselves in gold and silver start to protect and grow their wealth quite rapidly again in that last 10% in the market, if David Morgan is correct. Well, what worries me most is the fact that never, at least since I've been alive, has there ever been a time in which I can look at my accumulated wealth wherever it's parked and say comfortably that aside from the gold and silver I own, all of it is at threat of being wiped out completely. Home values, stock portfolio, pension plans, all of it could be wiped out. 
There's never been a situation where things have been so precarious yet on the outside seems so relatively easygoing, gradual gains, talk of growing economy and things like that, which brings us to point number eight of why a guy like Mike Maloney says he loves and owns gold and silver, which is that the world has formed a new monetary system every 30 to 40 years and in the the U.S. is way overdue. So getting back to your question about currencies, the average lifespan of a fiat currency since 1500 is approximately 40 years. Now that doesn't take into account those that have become perhaps the standard currency or the reserve currency of the world, like the US dollar. Uh, The US has been very good at getting people to rely on their paper money for sure. Except that you're seeing central banks around the globe are accumulating gold at a rapid clip. Last week, we talked about on the show that China is about to introduce trading oil for yuan, which can be then converted to gold. And lo and behold, this week, Venezuela has stopped accepting U.S. dollars for trading in gold, uh, trading in uh, oil, rather. Uh, we saw this happen in, in, Af- uh, sorry, in Iraq. And why does it matter? Well, the reason it matters is because after the after the US got rid of the gold standard they went to what was called the petrodollar so they got everyone to trade oil for for US dollars which then they w- would put into treasuries and the, and then the US would provide uh, military assistance and basically global police and just protect those so Saudi Arabia was the first on board and then uh, the rest followed that because Saudi Arabia now had the protection of the US Now, in the past, when countries have tried to rebel against that, things have not gone their way. So, for example, Saddam Hussein wanted to trade oil for euros, and that didn't work out very well for him. Now you're seeing that uh, certain countries are becoming emboldened by the fact that the U.S. is starting to look weak. Um, And uh, I'm not Russian, but this is something that you'd hear a lot of Russians say, which is the fact that, look, when you see China buying as much gold as possible and then threatening to to trade oil for basically gold, uh, they're sidestepping the U.S. dollar, which means it's just one more nail in the coffin for the fact that that confidence in the U.S. dollar is going to wane. And what the problem with that is eventually going to happen, in my, in my opinion, is now all of those treasuries are going to be dumped, thrown back into the U.S. You're going to see, hyper, and that would lead to hyperinflation in the U.S. as all, is the, all of these U.S. dollars then float back to the, to the country of origin. So what does the average plumber, electrician, teacher, doctor, lawyer, whoever's listening to this show, what do they do to protect themselves? They call one eight seven seven eight silver They go to the website guildhallwealth.com and they look up the opportunities that they have in front of them if they're listening and believe in the opportunity to own gold and silver at this point in time. It is wealth insurance. Well, I like I like what you're saying there about if you have an issue with with your plumbing, you call a plumber. And if you're having an issue with your car, you call your auto mechanic. Unfortunately, if you have an issue with your portfolio and looking to protect some of it in precious metals, you can't necessarily call an advisor because banks don't they don't love gold. Um, when you buy gold, you're literally taking that money out of the system and there's no debt. And that's where banks make money. Banks want to lend you a line of credit so that you can borrow and pay interest on what you've borrowed. So it's very difficult with precious metals for banks to make money on it. So they don't love it. So you can't necessarily go to your advisor to find out how to do this. But we can certainly help you with that, even though we're not advisors, but we can help you to acquire the physical precious metal. So remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And that's what we do at Guildhall. 
Okay, whether it's home delivery, if you want to just buy some product, go online to our website, guildhallwealth.com, and use the e-store, which is easy to buy, purchase gold, silver, and different increments, and of course, get it delivered. There is a delivery option there that if you spend more than 500 will be free to your home. There's also the depository. You can buy gold and silver and like several clients this week, opt to open up a depository account where you can visit your product but have it stored safe and sound, make sure it's secure and insured, and also make sure that you can buy and sell very quickly. Great liquidity on those accounts. They are among my favorite. You can have registered accounts. So if you have an existing RRSP and you want to transfer a bit of wealth out of that RRSP but own gold and silver still within that umbrella, there are no tax implications. You can make that transfer. It's very easy to do if you want to set up a new RRSP contribution plan. You can do that here through Guildhall. Also, TFSA is a great way to own gold and silver capital gains free. I mean, it's just an awesome way to put some money into this market and not have to worry about paying capital gains down the road. If you want to set up an RESP for the kids, the education, it's so important for the kids. Gold and silver is a fantastic way to do it. And then, of course, if you're looking for a little bit more kick, bang for your buck, so to speak, we have allocated financing. This is the concept of other people's money. This allows you to buy metal of your choice, gold or silver, with an outlay of as little as 45% of the total. And that includes all your commissions, everything. You own that metal. It gets segregated, allocated to you. You have your account. It can be bought and sold by phone. You can put in, use all kinds of tools that help you to take profit off the table and build your portfolio. But again, you're doing that using other people's money. And if you like that concept, you like the way that sounds, then of course, we're going to help you with that. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Mike Maloney article. We're going to talk about diamonds. And of course, you know what to do. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. And you're listening to The Real Money Show with Guild Hall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. Again, you're listening to The Real Money Show with Jeremy Wiseman this week, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management, and myself, Darren Long, Senior Analyst and Vice President of Sales. Now, Jeremy, in the first two segments, we've talked about how to buy silver and gold. We've talked about the Mike Maloney uh, article, which is huge, the reasons why he owns them. Again, Mike Maloney stemming from rich dad, poor dad. Again, this is a huge, huge thing. A lot of people know, but they may not know Mike Maloney. Look it up. We've also talked about what's changing in the world, the way people are treating currencies and what's happening behind the scenes. Now, we would be certainly forgetting one of the most important parts of what we do at Guildhall Wealth if we didn't mention colored diamonds. We love them. We think that they should be part of every single purchase a person makes if they have the disposable income to do it. And I wish we could put them in registered accounts for people because it would be awesome to be able to hold these and take advantage of what they bring to the table in terms of wealth accumulation. What makes it so special for you? Well, all of the diamonds are are incredibly rare. And as a result, they're always difficult to procure which means the prices when you're trying to find them are constantly rising because there's just simply not a lot of them around. Uh, When we look at the data coming from the Fancy Color Research Foundation, we can see that uh, at a a lower level, the type of uh, colored diamond that you'd often find in jewelry, uh, let's say in a one carat intense, 
you know, you're going to find something like 1200 a year in those diamonds. Um, and if you go a little bit higher in quality, it's going to get cut in half to, to, let's say, 600 And if you go up to the internally flawless, which what we're looking at is what we would consider investment grade. These are the top of the top. They meet the highest criteria. They're impossible to find. If you, can, if you were to try to equal it in a white diamond, you'd be looking at a D, internally flawless, perfect shape, uh, and it would have to be obviously rather large. And when we get up to those levels, you're talking 150 a year, perhaps, maybe even less. And then if you're moving up into the stronger colors, like a vivid yellow, you're getting even less. So the rarity of these diamonds is great for the long term because we all lay out plans. We all make these plans and sometimes they just don't happen. Talk to someone who was in their, their 50s when dot-com blew up. Talk to someone who was in their 50s when subprime hit. Talk to someone who, who watched uh, the savings and loan crisis in the 80s um, or stagflation in the 70s. The fact is, is colored diamonds continue to rise despite what happens around them because they're a rarity. Now, Unlike trying to get involved in the art market, which is very difficult, there's a lot more different artists around trying to figure out which one's going to to be um, make a ton of money down the road. Uh, how many people bought a, an Andy Warhol when they were, were 20 years old and, and have made millions uh, by actually maintaining it and holding on to it? Well, this is what we can do with a natural fancy color diamond. We've seen pink diamonds, for example, that... Once we were able to buy them for a hundred thousand, today they're going for two hundred and thirty thousand, and that's within less than a decade. That's the type of money that that we're looking for when we're looking to protect our wealth, and that's one of the reasons why I love natural fancy colored diamonds. Is it a guarantee? Well, it's there's no guarantees in life. Um, I'll, just as an example, we do know that. There could be meteors in the solar system that could be full of pink diamonds because what makes these diamonds is such a rare aspect in in this in the world in 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 the the Earth's crust. But it's not like there's a ton of kimberlite pipes that are out there. Remember, the way diamonds come to the come to the surface is through dormant volcanoes. So the the diamonds came up through those volcanoes and then the lava started to fall back. Then it, the earth cooled, and we were able to get these diamonds that came from, you know, deep, deep, deep in, in the earth's core that took literally three million years to create. So there's a limited amount of those. The one example is, is for example, the Argyle mine. Great. There was a lot of pink diamonds that came out of that, mark, that, came out of that mine. It was in operation since the early mid-80s. The amount of pink diamonds represented less than one-tenth of one percent of the entire production. So... I mean, consider the rarity between a pink diamond that's less than one-tenth of one percent of one diamond mine's production versus all of the world's diamond mines, and they only and they produce 90% of the world's pinks. Well, that mine's slated to close within the next several years. Are we going to find another pink diamond mine? Look, the potential of that in our lifetime is very low. The potential of it ever happening is very low. It doesn't mean that the universe isn't filled with it, but we just can't get to it. So since, since we've been doing the show, have they announced any major mine finds where new diamonds, especially colors, are going to come out of those diamonds? No, I'm, I would say the closest would be the Canadian diamond mines, and every so often they do find something. Right, and uh, they they do find a color diamond because it's it, it's such a miracle of nature for a, a color diamond to come out of the Earth's crust. Uh, you just need certain 
certain things happening, like boron will create a blue diamond, you know, getting a diamond itself, uh, just carbon and having boron be trapped in there, which absorbs blue light that gives you that color. It's such an impossibility. And that's why the numbers of these colored diamonds are impossible to find. What we do at Guildhall is we even go one step beyond that. We don't help clients procure just any fancy colored diamond. We don't say, oh, here's a fancy colored diamond. Isn't that amazing? We say, no, here's a fancy colored diamond that meets incredible criteria. And once you reach those criteria, you realize you have an investment on your hands. And that's what we do at Guildhall. Rarity is a beautiful thing, and it does translate directly into wealth. So I hear exactly what you're saying. And for colored diamonds, among the most rarest of finds in the world. Yeah, so. and, and it's amazing how beauty and rarity go hand in hand, because the more rare something is, the more beautiful it is. And when you have those two things hand in hand, they become a lot more valuable. And the more valuable, the higher the price, and the more it increases over time. So That's why in natural fancy color diamonds, you can actually buy incredible investment grade diamonds at at any particular investment level. So you can buy a diamond for a million dollars and make money, but you could also invest in a diamond for 15,000 and you know, you, you could see that you'd get anywhere from 5 to 6% a year. Jeremy, a couple of quick yes, no questions. Do I have to watch the broad diamond markets on a weekly basis like I do the stock market if I own a diamond? No. Do I have to stay up late at night if there's a crisis, if a bank run hits, if the world economy should snap like it did in 2008, or can I sleep peacefully owning a colored diamond? No, that's exactly why you'd want to own one for when those things happen. Do they move in the same direction as the stock markets move? Absolutely not. As you can see, savings and loan crisis, uh, dot-com bubble, subprime bubble, whatever the next bubble is going to be, colored diamonds have gone up independent of the market. If you're listening and you're thinking about diversifying your wealth, what have you got to lose, folks? In terms of colored diamonds, they do represent a smaller buying range or percentage of people that come to Guildhall Wealth because it's not for everyone and not everybody can afford to dip into these markets that start at around $14,000-$15,000. But if you do have the disposable income and you can pair that with some gold and silver, I think it's one of the smartest things you can do to protect yourself in these turbulent times. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver You can go online to guildhallwealth.com. And of course, anytime you want to see a diamond, they're all there you can take your time to look over what you think might be best suited for your budget. And then of course, make that phone call. What have you got to lose? Ask questions. Say, look, I don't know much about this, but I'm willing to be educated and let us do our job in getting you to that next level in putting something in your portfolio that not many people have taken advantage of yet. And of course, as they do, Jeremy, and the mainstream always does this, there will be a time when we can no longer get argyle pink diamonds at a reasonable price. It'll be like buying a blue or a red, and that is just around the corner. So if you're listening to the show and you want to add that to your portfolio, now is the time. And we're already seeing that, Darren, in the market. For example, in the quarter carat VS quality in pink diamonds, whether it's fancy intense or fancy pink, uh, finding a VS quality pink diamond is becoming very, very difficult. I think we're somewhere in the range of our seventh or eighth month of a dry spell in that type of market where we just have not seen anything, not been offered anything. There will be the Argyle tender coming up and hopefully we can find something of VS quality that you know hopefully is under one carat, under half a carat because that's the type of diamond that our clients are generally looking for. 
but you know the the market is is drying up in that respect so when we can find one unfortunately those prices are always higher but not if you're involved in that market and already own one so the idea is to get involved in the market because in 5 10 15 years those diamonds are going to be worth a whole lot more I love thinking of colored diamonds as a way to mark milestones, Jeremy, whether it's retirement, whether it's helping my son or daughter to purchase a home after they've been married, whether it's a special occasion like the entrance into university or college. These are milestone moments where I would hold on to a colored diamond and I would then use that translated wealth to put towards something that could benefit my family long-term and my wealth. I totally agree because... Uh, one of the things that I've seen in this market is the idea that the white diamond market, which is great. I don't, I love white diamonds. They're beautiful, but they are a luxury item and not necessarily rare. And it always breaks my heart when someone comes to me or we find out that someone is, is trying to sell a diamond that they've had for, you know, 10 years, 15 years or et cetera. And the diamond just has not held its value. And that's when you realize this was a luxury item, not an investment item. If you're going to, if you're going to get married and you're, you're looking to do that, why not own a natural fancy color diamond get a yellow diamond for instance first of all it's it's going to attract attention it's a lot different than a white people are going to say oh what is that and they're going to be intrigued by it by the same token it's going to continue to gather value over time and if you decide to hand that over to the next generation they're going to be happy that they know that they have it too and look if the worst case scenario happens where whether it's during your generation or the next or the next generation after that if they had to sell the diamond at least it's worth something and not just worth a quarter of the original purchase price or not half of the original purchase price or now it's worth what you paid for it you know 80 years ago or 50 years ago but it's kept up with inflation and beat inflation this to me is a great reason to have wealth to wear where you're buying a natural fancy color diamonds an investment grade you put it into jewelry it attracts attention it's beautiful it's gorgeous it's rare and it continues to grow in value over time this to me seems like just makes it just makes reasonable sense all right when we come back we're going to touch base on the hancock red a story about why colored diamonds might come out of nowhere and protect your wealth long term we're going to get back to the mike maloney article and if you've been listening and you want to get involved remember right now we've got a great promo on which is if you're buying a registered account putting gold or silver into a registered account for every five thousand that you spend we're going to give you complimentary one gram of gold for you as a thank you for coming into the market with guild hall hopefully to offset whatever cost there might be and of course that's something that we like to do for all of our clients coming in so we're going to take a break right now come back with the last segment it's one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com you're listening to the real money show with guildhall wealth management on talk radio am 640 welcome back to the real money show the number to call to get in contact to buy some precious metals to get some information, it's free of charge to get the Precious Metals Advisor, our weekly newsletter. We'd like to give that out to you for a complimentary period of one year. If you're a client, you already get this. You know how valuable this is to you. All of that is free to you just for listening to the show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. Back with segment four. Jeremy, we were talking just before we broke in the Keller Diamond section of today's show about the Hancock Red, something that summarizes the very reason why families might have invested in something like a colored diamond and what impact it can have in the long term. 
I love this story. We tell this story at our Colored Diamond seminars just to demonstrate what a natural fancy colored diamond can do for you as part of your portfolio. Um, Back in the 50s, Warren Hancock was a rancher in Montana, and he had a, a diamond dealer, and he collected colored diamonds. Now, this is actually rare just on its own, but the fact is, is he loved gemology. He was involved in the diamonds, and he, he acquired different diamonds as, as the years went on. Turns out he did also acquire a red diamond, uh, which subsequently has become known as the Hancock Red. But when he passed away, uh, his ranch, his farm, owed back taxes uh, for for his passing. Um, in the States, they do that. So they owed a million dollars, and the family got together and said, well, we can just sell the ranch and you know piece it off, and then we'll, we'll get some of our inheritance. Um, or we can come up with the money and try to pay off this inheritance tax. And so what they decided to do is they decided to sell off Dad's diamond collection because they said, look, that was Dad's thing. We'll let him have it. We think he's crazy, but let's do it anyway. So Which they, they thought would be very little value. Yeah, they thought, I mean, look, the, the, when, when the Dutch bought New York for a bunch of beads, these aren't a bunch of beads. Right. So uh, they sent it all off to New York, um, to Sotheby's to take a look at. Sotheby's sent back the entire collection except for three diamonds. They put three diamonds into auction. A couple were pink, a couple purple pink. Uh, one was a purple pink and then this uh, Hancock red. They thought it would get something like 125000 uh, when the gavel finally fell on the auction, they got over $700,000 for this diamond. U.S. U.S. It signaled the first time that an, a colored diamond uh, sold big at auction. These auction houses realized, wait a minute, colored diamonds are a rarity. They can be sold on their own. The family was able to save the farm and pay the inheritance tax with basically one diamond out of the entire collection. It it, it shows that... that this market has credence. It it deserves having some someone take a look at it. It deserves you taking a look at it as part of your portfolio. Come to Guildhall, take a look at the diamonds that we have, and we'll demonstrate why these are so rare. All right, one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call the website to check out whatever collection we have online is always updated. It's guildhallwealth.com. There you can find out about gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds. And in the segments prior to colored diamonds, we were talking about Mike Maloney. We had an article on the reasons why he likes to own gold and silver. We're at reason number seven, coming full circle, talking about gold and silver. They come with a central bank guarantee. And he says, in a desperate attempt to stem the crisis, government officials around the globe will flood the world with currency as they're doing now, and they will push the purchasing power of gold and silver exponentially higher, as we've already seen, up both metals over 300% since our door is open. Now, this is not something that's going to be dependent on much more than them continuing doing the exact same thing they're doing now. However, this is global. It's no longer just a problem in the States or in Canada. It's not just a problem in Europe. It's global. Every part in every corner of the world has this issue of uncertainty. And of course, we believe central banks will continue to fill the markets full of paper currencies, which again, he states, is an awesome reason to own gold and silver. We'll send them higher. Look, this point number seven is very simple. When the only tool you have in the box is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And that is the answer to central banks' uh, issues with, in terms of economic growth, in terms of dealing with debt, is we have a hammer, let's nail as much as we can. The only thing that they can really do do at this point is just continue to print money. Now, you can do that and, you know, you can try to make it look good. You can put the lipstick on a pig. I'm using a lot of analogies today, I know. But... 
look, you can lower interest rates, uh, you can print money, you can try to do different ways to make it sound like you're not printing money. But at the end of the day, that's what they're doing. They're injecting the economy with cash. And ultimately, that's going to lead to that cash being worth less, as Mike Maloney would say. And ultimately, that's going to lead to higher prices for everything specifically gold and silver, they're going to rise at a faster clip because they're such small markets. And so at this point, you want to position yourself in those precious metals for when that happens. Pay attention to currency dilution, folks. The more paper money there is floating out there, the higher gold and silver will go. He says point number six is everything else is a scary investment. The broad stock market has more than tripled since its 2009 low Government bonds have been in a bull market for 36 years and represent one of the biggest bubbles in history, and real estate values now exceed your 2006 peak, one of its biggest bubbles in history. Gold and silver prices are roughly one-third and two-thirds below their 2011 highs, respectfully, and there are only truly undervalued class of assets today. So again, coming from Mike Maloney, this holds water, this holds credence. We think that he's absolutely on point. Everything else is becoming a very scary investment. Look, when the when the central banks are putting money into the markets and those banks can't lend the money, they're going to buy stocks, they're going to buy treasuries. When interest rates are super low, stock uh, companies don't have to try to create production, they'll just simply buy back their own stock and raise their stock prices. When interest rates are super low, people are just going to borrow more because, hey, what's an extra $50 on this mortgage and borrow hundreds and hundreds of thousands more? Well, isn't that just going to push up the, the prices of real estate? Obviously. So at some point that's got to normalize and, hey, we could go negative, but that's going to have dire consequences for the economy. Eventually that normalization is going to have consequences and it's going to be painful in my opinion. Number five, market psychology. Greed can drive an investment to bubbly highs, but fear will drive the next bubble in gold because asset bubbles will pop with terrorizing speed and mercilessly wipe out most wealth. As a natural result, investors will seek refuge in precious metals. And we've talked about it at length. This time will be different. And that is his point four. So he's talking point five, market psychology, and point four, this time is going to be different. More people will turn instead of to cash, which is losing value. They will go to assets like gold and silver. We had a a great broker with Guildhall once, and he said, try stuffing an elephant into a mouse. That's what's going to happen when people move out of all of the major investments like Apple and Amazon and they're freaking out and they're scared and their their clients are getting very angry with them and they're on the phone constantly. What are they going to do to try to improve the situation? They're going to panic and go to the currency of last resort, which is gold, which is such a small market. It's just going to blast off. The biggest problem isn't going to be where the price goes. The biggest problem is going to be, do you have any and can you get any? You want to get into the market before that occurs and take advantage of it. Well, again, if this time is really going to be different, then of course he notes here in this article, as we have many a times, that the participation will make this different because back in the 70s, really only two markets in parts of Europe and most of North America participated in the run-up in gold. This time around, you've got an entire global interactive community that knows about gold and silver. Throw in the likes of China and India participating in this bull market. And of course, if you put that all together and everything is impacted in the same direction at the same time, everybody fighting and clamoring to get to something that's of valuable, that's tangible enough for them to hold, this could send gold and silver exponentially higher in price. 
Yeah, and you, again, you've got uh, the in in the seventies, the population on the planet was three billion. Now it's over seven billion. There's more markets involved in the market. Anyone who's been buying over the last several years is not going to let go. Uh, all of the gold that China's bought isn't going to let go of that. Um, although, mind you, they could let go of it. We saw Venezuela let go of it when things got really, really tough. But there's just not enough gold to be absorbed in the uh, in the market. It gets absorbed very, very quickly, and that's going to shoot the prices up very high. Now, he says that if you look a little step further, you'll get to point number three, and he says that gold and silver should buy a whole lot more. Gold and silver are tiny markets. On a per, pay, on a per person basis, there is approximately $40,000 of liquid financial investments today per person, but just $200 of that $40,000 is actually invested in gold. So by percentage, it's minuscule, meaning we're nowhere near a bubble, that gold has not seen its peak price in this bull market, and that if we just look at the common sense and say, hey, what if 10% more of that money were spent on gold and silver? Where would the prices go? exponentially higher. And and where could it go if you can't get the product? Again, I, I keep stressing, we're already seeing delivery delays. We're already seeing supply issues. Where are you going to get into the market when it's going up like crazy and you have to wait for your product? So yeah, I, I do think that it's undervalued at this point. Since the pullback in the precious metals from t- through 2012, 13, 14, Debts continue to grow. Gold hasn't risen to to meet those debts, and so when the gold community is looking for gold to be anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars an ounce, that sounds absolutely ridiculous. But I'm sure a thousand dollars an ounce sounded absolutely ridiculous when the price of gold was at three hundred dollars an ounce. All right, we're close to the end of the show today, so let's hit these last two reasons Mike Maloney owns gold and silver. Number two, it's all happening at once, and this time it's global. And he runs down every single reason you can imagine as to why not to trust the global markets, as to why not to trust the people that behind your back are telling you it's okay, but then going and buying gold themselves, i.e. central banks. So he says that it's all happening at once, and this time it's global. And the number one reason why Mike Maloney owns gold, he sleeps better at night. It's a simple fact. He has his wealth insured. If he wants to go out and make speculative investments or if he wants to go make the standard investments that everybody goes to, then he knows he's going to sleep better at night because he has gold and silver in his portfolio. Yeah, le- even even the the advisor who knows nothing about precious metals will say, yeah, I'll hold 10-15% in your portfolio uh, as a hedge. And look, if you if they're wrong, they don't lose. If they're right, they they gain on that. So it's a it can make sense to have just 10-15% in your portfolio if you're if you don't even know much about it because at that point just look at the performance it's had over the last 15 years in in a majority of all currencies it's done fantastic. Last year, it went up 30% in the in British pound. Why? Because the British pound lost 30% against a basket of currencies. You don't need to know more than that of what gold does in each currency. It maintains value. It grows wealth. That's our opinion on the show. You want to learn more? Go to the go to the website. Get our newsletter. Uh, go to other other websites. Get their newsletter. Start to learn about the physical precious metal. And remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. Listen, thank you for taking time to tune into The Real Money Show. We hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. It's going to be beautiful. And if you want any information, remember one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom You've been listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640.